Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate. Today, I get to interview the one and only Mr. Bob Wolf. Uh, For those that know who Bob is, Bob is renowned as one of the best real estate speakers in the global space on real estate. Bob's passion for what he's done over the last 50 years within real estate, and not to mention the accolades that he does have. Bob is one of the most consistent high performers that I've ever seen in the real estate industry. And based on his pure love for it, you can see why his pure respect for people. You can see why. So folks, hopefully you can enjoy the episode. He's one of the most dynamic individuals that I've ever had the pleasure of working with. So hope you enjoy. Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast aimed to deliver sales strategies, marketing tips, and business insights from industry experts and myself to build a listing-focused business for the future. Let's get into it. Well, welcome, Mr. Bob Wolf. Thank you, Ben. Welcome to you also. So this is a funny situation for us uh, folks is that this is the shortest distance between myself and a guest interview person on the podcast. Bob actually shares the wall right there in my podcast studio. So Bob, it's uh, it's... It's wonderful to have you on the podcast. First of all, is that um, for those that don't know who you are, I've given you a a good introduction already um, to the episode. But the one question that I've got, because there's a great deal of people that are listening to this that do know who you are, do you still love real estate after all these years? (laughs) I do. I do. I I still love it. There are, I have found that um, with age, I found with age, Ben, that I have become less tolerant, (laughs) less tolerant of agents feeding me a line or buyers or sellers feeding me a line. So I know that it's a little bit of a fault I have. I I have become a little less tolerant, as many of us will, as we progress in the profession. But but I do love it. I get up. I I can't think of anything else that I uh, would rather do Uh, at one time. I had applied to law school and, and uh, honestly, uh, getting my real estate license and uh, has been the best thing I've ever done. I, I can't imagine a better life. I really can't. So I, I guess that you've seen the practitioner of real estate evolve over the, how many years is it now, Bob, that you've been in real estate? Uh, it'll be 50 years, November 1st. Right. So you've seen, <laughs> oh man, I just, I just need to, I just need to explain the relationship that you and I have to be, to the listeners, because I just want everybody to know last night, Bob and I went and saw John Wick four together. Okay. <laughs> Bob may or may not have got handsy in theater. Okay. But it was meant to be a boys night out. But anyway, however, is that Bob and I share an office along with Callista and there is not one moment of the day that Bob doesn't walk past and poke fun at us and us poke fun at him. So we've got a very jovial relationship. However, the one thing that I've just, uh, I'll use is that I just need you to know that that's almost 20 years longer than I've been alive that you've been in real estate. So I just need you to know that. Um, however, I guess that the evolution of the industry has something that you've been a part of because you know, only you haven't only been 
one of the most consistent top performers that I've ever I've ever experienced um, across a multitude of countries. You've also been a very big part of the boards of real estate locally, Bob. You've won the Realtor of the Year for Orange County. You've been a staple of this community for a very, very long time in the way that the business operates and from a larger country perspective as well, speaking at the National Association of Realtors and so on and so forth. How, do you think the industry's changed for the better or the worse? I, you know, Ben, I'm not sure the industry has really changed. Um, uh, I told some people the other day, I don't think there's any secrets in, you know, in the real estate industry. But, but to answer your question, I don't think it's really changed. I think technology has altered much of how the industry is functioning today. Uh, but I think the industry is is still the same real estate industry that I got into, you know, 50 years ago. Uh, I think that, or I should say 49 years ago at this moment, but, uh, you know, what we do, how we do, how people are successful, how people are not successful, why people fail, why they succeed, uh, the process of obtaining listings or obtaining sales, negotiating, uh, contracts have changed. Uh, I moved to California. The contract might have been two or three pages. Today it's 32. Uh, you know that happened in 34 years. So, uh, but I don't think the, the the industry itself has changed that much. I think technology, Zoom calls, podcasts, uh, the ability to learn via the computer, uh, using the computer for note taking or contracts or win forms or all the various applications we have, that's changed. The, the, the technology has changed. But do I think the industry has really changed? No. We're going through a, a shift right now uh, in the marketplace a little bit because of interest rates, uh, the overall economy. And you know, at the end of the day, the most successful people this year in the real estate business will be the people that work, that prospect, that look to their relationships, and the people that will fail will be the people that don't work, don't want to call in their relationships, don't want to prospect. And it's pretty simple. And that hasn't changed in 49 years. <laughs> do you think Do you think that you're the benefactor of being in a location that has grown to have luxury price points? Or did you choose to go into the luxury market? Like what I'm asking is that have you built your business by design or was it by default of where you chose to come in California that you are selling three, four, five, ten, fifteen million dollar homes? Well, let, let me say that I started my real estate career, as you know, in a community called Fort Collins, Colorado. My first sales price was twenty thousand one hundred and fifty dollars. Of course, my commission was it was a seven percent commission, and uh, it wasn't my listing. So, but you can figure out what I made at seven percent, twenty thousand fourteen hundred. Uh, so. Half of the commission that came to the office I worked with was $750. I was on a 50-50 split. So I made about $375 on my first deal. So I was in Fort Collins for 15 years. Uh, I think my best year in Fort Collins, I sold 160 homes uh, by myself. No, I, I have no assistance. I Probably one of the cardinal mistakes I made in the business, but uh, sold 160 homes my best year there. And... Uh, you know, that's almost a house every other day in, in that marketplace of Fort Collins. And I realized 
having attended uh, by that time a number of uh, NAR National Association of Realtors conventions, I began to realize that if I really wanted to make some serious money, that I would probably ultimately have to move to the East Coast or the West Coast. And uh, quite candidly, how we ended up in uh, and, and how we ended up in California was uh, my wife and I had taken a trip to New Zealand, one of our first trips to New Zealand. And uh, we, when we arrived in Christchurch, New Zealand, and turned on the news, we realized that the plane that we were on, the same flight number, the day after we took that plane, had left Hawaii, a baggage door blew out, nine people were killed, and we could have been on that same flight if we had left one day later. Hmm. So when on our return from New Zealand, we were able to do some pretty serious soul searching, Ben, and, and you know, realizing that things happen in life. Uh, we just decided, we took a map. We took a United Airlines map that showed <laughs> all of America. And the first thing we did, we blocked out all the states that we did not want to live in. And we ended up with two states that we would live in, whether due to weather, due to market, due to proximity to, to whatever. But we came up with two states. And one was Arizona, the other was California. Hmm. And... Uh, and we decided this was in March, in March of 1989. And uh, I remember we were on that plane and we set a goal that by November 1st, we would be gone out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And we made a list on that 14 hour flight of all the things that we needed to do, everything we needed to do to be able to leave on November 1st. And uh, as God's my witness, we left Fort Collins on October 31st, 1989. It's just crazy. We had the crazy. power of a goal, the power of a plan. We left October 31st that night. And, uh, you know, I probably have only been back to Fort Collins maybe once or twice in the last 34 years. So, you know, that was a great chapter in my life and my career, but, you know, it, it kind of closed and off we went. So, I, think, I, I think that, Bob, the, the thing that, I want to give some context to is that those that don't know you as well as what we've had the pleasure of knowing you is that you are a creature of habit. You are honestly, you love your routine. You love the way that you things are. You, you do things methodically the way that you want them done because you know, it's the right way to do it. Uh, just, I don't know whether or not that's with you getting a little older is that you've gotten that way or were you like that in the beginning? Because you moving, like I could not imagine Bob Wolf, moving anywhere and i know that's because you love where you are but i could not imagine you moving outside of your successful environment that you have created for yourself in fort collins to come to california on a whim really so when i left let me put it in perspective if i recall correctly when i left fort collins colorado in 1989 the average sales price was eighty nine thousand dollars, and having attended probably 12 National Association of Realtor Conventions, meeting realtors from all over the country, all over the world. That's how I met Steve Collins, Mike Green. Uh, you know, that's how I met really everybody. And, uh, but my average sales price was $89,000. Now, 160 houses is a lot, but at $89,000, I knew it could be more. And so many of my peers were selling homes that were three and $400,000. And so, uh, and quite candidly, the very first home I ever sold in Southern California 
was 160,000, which was twice my average sales price after 15 years in Fort Collins. So all we had to do was do the math. And we thought, well, if we could just do the same thing, if we could duplicate what we did in Fort Collins, if we could duplicate what we did in Southern California, I would have to double my income. And I didn't have to deal with snow and ice. I don't have to deal with a lot of you know, stuff I just didn't like to deal with. And uh, so we said, you know, we're, we're young. Let's give it a try. And, yeah. uh, but it's the same. You, you asked about the, as real estate changed fundamentally, you know, the very same thing I did in Fort Collins. I came here to Southern California. We didn't know anybody. Uh, we didn't know anybody. And, and we... Uh, we leased a home with through the, our broker at the time. We went to work for Caldwell Banker. He helped us lease a home sight unseen. We took the real estate exam via the mail and uh, then flew out here for the weekend to take the exam and flew back, not knowing like you do today. You can take the test and know in 12 minutes. You know, we had to go back and wait for two weeks. And uh, so, but I'll tell you what, my first year here in 19, I guess it would be 1990. Uh, doing open houses and not knowing anyone, I made $330,000 and just open houses, Ben. And all I did, because I didn't have any money, I, the truth be known, when uh, we moved here to Southern California, uh, I had only $7,000 in my bank account. And that's all we had. I was young. I had spent a lot of money and I lost some money on some deals. And, but we had seven grand uh, 35 years ago. And, uh, and I didn't even, I had that because I did a speaking gig for a gentleman by the name of C.V. LaForce in Canada, along four or five provinces, based on the fact that he would give me a check for the seven grand the day I finished the last t uh, talk in uh, Vancouver. And by God, true to his word, he, I finished, I got off stage, he handed me a check for seven grand. I flew back to uh, Fort Collins, and that's the money we used to move and live on for the first couple of months here in Southern California. And that's so, how that all happened. So it's, so it's definitely been a ride, Bob, you know, and that's, I think that, you know, that gave me goosebumps at the perspective of that in 35 years, you had $7,000 in your bank account to the, to the, to the, to the business that you've created and the, and some of the goals that you've met along the way. Is the, is there something you wish you did differently? Is there something I could, what Ben? Is there something you wish you could have done differently? Or is there something that you wish you did differently? I think the only thing that I wish that I would have done, as you know, uh, I just, I, I don't have agents that really work for me. I don't for, for the last um, 48 years, I've never had a partner. I've never had a, a business partner. I've never had anybody I've trusted. Uh, I mean, to the point where I'm, I, I want to work with all the time mm. and uh, there's people I trust in the company, but, you know, they've got their own businesses and I've got to worry about my business. And, you know, so what I regret is probably not building a really a better team underneath me that it would allow me more an easier time to take time off, more freedom, more ability to trust two or three people. Uh, I'm working on that now. It sure would have been easier if I would have done that 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But I didn't. And, and that's okay, because I haven't had to give away any of the money either. So <laughs> the, uh, I've kept it all. <laughs> but it all depends how you look at it, Ben. Yeah. But, but I do think that my life would be a little bit easier now 
Uh, as you know, I just turned 70 years old. I've been doing this since, you know, I was 22. Uh, and uh, so, uh, so it'd be easier to take some time off and, and do some things if I knew there was always somebody here that I could trust with to work with my buyers, work with my sellers. Uh, you know, that's probably the only change I would have made, uh, you know, from a standpoint of the structure of my business. Yep. Would I have wanted 20, 30 people working for me? No. Could I handle my business with two or three that I could really do well with? The answer is yes. Well, right now I have one, uh, Anna, that, you know, hails from New Zealand. And uh, I think we got a good thing going. She's been with me over a year now. Hasn't quit. Hasn't left. Works, you know, works uh, very, very hard. And so, and my, pe- my, my clients and customers love her. They like her. I think it's because of her accent, but they, but they do like her and uh, they respect her and her knowledge. And so I think, Ben, I think it's going to help me a lot in the future uh, as I try to just, you know, I, I, I started to build something not knowing how big it could get <laughs> and not know it's like a train, you know, and so and all of a sudden that, that train is just it's just going faster and faster and faster. And now I, it's hard to stop. Yeah. It's hard to get off. It's yeah. hard to, you know, be gone for a week or 10 days to be gone for even uh, uh, my wife and I went to Las Vegas this weekend. Uh, we we literally were there Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. Tuesday. We got up in the morning. I had work to do. She had work to do. We never left our room until 345 in the afternoon. And we looked at each other when we went to lunch or went to lunch, I guess, at four o'clock and uh, said to each other, God, this has been one hell of an expensive office today. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, she was busy. I was busy. And but, you know, we were good with it. We were good with it. Does that make sense? It does so make sense. We, we adapt to it. And, you know, we're in, a, we're in a people business. We are in a people business. And I almost almost became a, a Catholic priest, as many of you probably know, if you know of me at all. And. You know, about the only difference between being a priest and a realtor is, you know, probably the, the money, you know. So, you know, priests, you know, they got list. I mean, I've heard things that you, people should not even tell their priest. So, you know, the, uh, but anyway, so I don't know if that answers your question, but it does. Uh, I probably would have developed my framework of business a little bit differently. Yeah. Well, I think that that really helps a lot of people listening at, at various stages of their career. First of all, if there's somebody listening that is getting into the business, they need to have a viewpoint of maybe building some support systems around them. But then second to that is that, Bob, you're, you're, the thing that I want to talk about next is that is that um, not last year, the year before, you had what we labeled as one of the most phenomenal years in real estate from an individual person that I personally have ever seen. Now, I'd like to think I've got a very wide scope of real estate, but I really cannot put my finger on somebody, one individual person, one person that did as much volume as you did. And for those listening, it was very, very far in excess of $6 million of GCI, gross commission income. And I'm happy to announce that because, Bob, that means you took out number one for Harcourts internationally. A, a, and and it, was, it was definitely a standout year. And then, but then the following year is something that I do want to make mention. And, and the following year, and we don't have to talk about numbers, but 
just from the residual of that, because I'm not going to say you didn't work as hard, but certainly you were like, oh, okay, all right, all right. I'm going to take a quick hot minute here. Things have been crazy in 2021. I'm just going to take a second. And your business still off the back of that year did probably, I think it's your third or fourth best year ever, just off the back of that. And the I guess that I want you to talk about you've been in the business now 50, 50 years, 49 years, call it. And you've only just recently had your very best year ever. For somebody listening, thinking that they're building towards something, they have to stay focused. How do you stay focused on what you're doing on a daily basis? Well, I think in the, in the last 10 years, my, once I joined Harcourts, my goal was, my goal was to, to achieve the number one position. And as we both know, I'm, you know, I think I have the perpetual trophy for number two. And uh, in fact, when they give out number two from now, I think it has my picture on it. And, uh, but so that was a goal. And uh, and I, I'm pleased with the goal. I'm pleased I achieved it. I, to, to your point, uh, 2021 was a pretty incredible year. Uh, well over $280 million in volume. Uh, I think that, uh, and, and that was a, that was a, it was a great year, Ben, but it, I mean, I worked, I, I worked really hard and I just made up my mind and my wife and I made up our minds together that I, I did not want to work that hard. If I continued to work that hard in 2022, my aorta would just burst and that would, the game would be over. <laughs> and, uh, but I was fortunate. I, I, I had a great year. I achieved the goal that I had for many, many years. And, uh, and once I got to the top of the mountain, so to speak, I thought, you know, it's okay if I do a little less. Uh, I, I, we, we still have a great income. Uh, this year, we'll have a great income. And, and, you know, my goal was always to do better, always do better than the previous year. Always, always, always. So like a race car, you know, sometimes you, you don't have to rebuild the whole motor. Sometimes you just have to tweak it a little bit. Just tweak the carburetor, tweak this, tweak that tweak the air and pressure, maybe whatever you do to race cars. But, you know, it sometimes it just takes just a little bit. And so my goal was always to look at my business. Like in November, October, November of, let's say this year, I'll look at my business and say, what did we do in, in 2023? What can I do to tweak it to just be better in 2024? You can't wait till January 1st. You, you know, you just got to do it. You got to do it now. You got to do it 30, 60, 90 days ahead and begin to think about it. So and that is what I've done. I've always just got myself better and better and better. And, you know, maybe calling more people or maybe being, uh, you know, everybody kind of knows right now in, in my community what I do, where I do it, how I do it. And so, but I still, you know, try to leave a nice tip, leave a business card, always smile, take care of the valets at hotels. I, I try to, everybody I touch, I try to make a difference that they met Bob Wolf, everybody. And I just work really hard at that. And, and it's a serious thing because I love what I do anyway. And they, you know, they see I'm happy and they probably wonder, you know, why is he so happy? You know, when he has to go to work like this, but you know, I, I, I make a lot of money. I have a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I often tell people if they just drive safe, don't hurt them and kind of wear them out, they'll sell people a house, but you just got to start by driving safe, you know, but, uh, you know, Ben, it's, it's just little tweaks. It's nothing. I don't, as you've known me in the last 10 years, I, I don't reinvent the wheel. 
My desk looks the same. I dress the same. I, I always wear a suit. I always wear French cuffs. I always wear black shoes. I always wear, I always wear white shirts with rare exception, maybe a light blue shirt. But I'm, I'm, I have routines and I have habits. And, and they've been good routines and good habits, so I don't change them. There's no need to change them. Could I make the same amount of money if I wore a blazer and a nice shirt? Probably. If I drove a red car instead of a white car? Probably. If I, I had longer hair? Maybe. But you know some I got a good thing going, so why mess it, mess it up? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. And in my marketplace along the coast, there is a lot of older people with wealth that have these nice homes. And older people I have found still respect a suit. They respect a clean car, a, a woman that looks like a lady, a man that looks like a gentleman. They pay a lot of money commissions. And I'll tell you what, I, I today was at a home for a physical inspection and the seller came up and he goes, Bob, he goes, my wife and I are so impressed that every time you're here, you have a suit on. Hmm. Now, let me tell you, he's paying $230,000 in commission. I'll wear a suit to bed tonight if I have to, <laughs> just to make him happy. So I'm just saying that, but people notice those little things. Does that make sense? Yeah. They just notice them. And, but it's, you, you can't, it's like changing your voicemail every day or writing a thank you note or holding the door open for a woman, you know, if she's your client or customer or whatever it is, it's, you know, everything, I think Mike Green said, everything you do speaks. And everything we do, Ben, it speaks. Everything I do speaks. You know, once in a while, I I have a not a pleasant moment. And I'm sure that you and Calista hear me, <laughs> as everybody does on the other side of the office, you know, as I'm, you know, berating somebody for doing something stupid. And, uh, you know, so so I have a, a little bit of a, a, a lower tolerance level today. But for the most part, you know, it, it's what we do and how we present ourselves that makes a difference. You don't have to be the, like, I moved here not knowing anyone. Hmm. I went to, I got an open house for another agent. I sat in that open house for six months. That's where I met all the buyers and sellers that created the foundation for me to build what I have. And I knew nobody, Ben. And, and who does that? Who moves to a community for 35 years ago? makes 330,000 bucks a year, not knowing anybody just by doing open houses. You know, I smiled, I wore a suit. I was there from 10 a.m. till five, six o'clock until dark. And, and I did what I said I was gonna do. I called people back. I returned their emails. I, I returned their phone calls. I got them information on homes and I got them to like me. 90% of this business is just get the people to like you. Yeah. And if they like you, they'll do business with you. And then if they don't like you, they won't do business with you, period, period. Yeah. You can give them the commission, but if they don't like you, they're not going to do business with you. I think that, Bob, the, the, the question, if I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, hey, this is Bob Wolf. He's somebody that is a, you know, a godlike figure within the real estate community. I knew you would never describe yourself that way. I know that. Um, but the thing that I look at here is that, I look at the relationships that you have because I've, you and I have done some transactions together, Scenic Drive, you know, number one, Ritz Cove and things along those lines. And people look at you, even if they don't like, like even some of those people didn't know who you were, Bob, from the very beginning, because this is the thing is that 
you're making out that everyone that you operate with, you already know, and you've got a relationship with. That's not the case. Some of the people that you and I have done business with have been people that don't know you at all, but still by the demeanor that you have with them and the respect that you give them in those moments, they automatically resonate with you immediately and they see you as an advisor to them. And I think that is that what sort of is that what has propelled you to build these long lasting relationships? I would say yes. I, and I think one of the things that I try to do is, you know, I try to be knowledgeable about real estate. Um, in other words, if I, if I go to your house and I've never met you before, before I walk in, I'm going to know about your house. Mm. I'm going to know when you bought it, how much you paid for it, what you owe on it. Is it a first? Is it a second? I'm going to be able to tell you all the transactions that have occurred in your community in the last 12 months. I'm going to be able to tell you how many homes are on the market in our particular city, in Laguna Nagel or Dana Point or Aliso Viejo, any of those communities. I'm going to be able to tell you what current interest rates are. I'm going to be able to tell you what current closing costs are. I'm going to be able to tell you what an average escrow is. I'm going to, I'm, I want them to look at Bob Wolf and say, you know, if we have an issue, we can ask Bob. Bob is our source of real estate knowledge, period. And now it's at a point where if people want a painter, a carpet person, a glass person, a shower person, if they want a tile person, if they want anything that has to do with real estate, they call me. An hour ago, I received a call from one of my clients whose mom and dad in their 80s got involved in a transaction in the state of Washington, not understanding what the deal was, not understanding what the counter was, and their daughter was scared to death for her mom and dad that they were going to give away their house through a, from a, you know, through a real through a realtor that didn't explain everything. He, this this couple was the couple is in their eighties. They were signing. They signed a counter proposal because they were convinced that having a closing in eighteen months was a good deal. Hmm. Eighteen months. They're in their eighties. They might not even be alive tomorrow, hmm. let alone eighteen months. And so she calls me. I don't know anything about Washington real estate contracts, but I gave her the advice. I said, here's what you do. I said, get on an email, call your mom, send an email to the agent immediately, call immediately. I said, and just very formally notice that this give notice that this notice, the intent of this email is give notice that we are rescinding the counter proposal, da 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 da. And it was done. That woman 20 minutes ago called me back almost in tears, thanking me for helping her and her mom and dad. Now, that family, I probably have sold six homes to her husband and all his brothers and everything around here. 90 days ago, closed a $1.6 million deal with them, closed their home last year for $2 million. But who did they call? Hmm. They called me. And let me tell you something, that word will get around the entire family and and it just solidifies me again for taking 10 minutes of my time to listen and help. And, and I think, I think Ben, if anything, we need, my father used to say, you know, son, you have two ears, one mouth, use them in that proportion. Hmm. And although I'm, I don't adhere to it always, <laughs> I try to adhere to it most of the time. I just try to listen, but I also want people to listen to me. And because I can share with them at least what my knowledge, what, what, what I've been taught either the, 
to, to the school of hard rocks <laughs> or, you know, or to the good times. And most of the lessons that we really learn that stick to us are, is the school of hard knocks. You know, that's, those are the lessons lose money in a deal. And you will remember that for the rest of your life, <laughs> make money in a deal. And you're going to think that's normal. So, uh, but I think becoming an advisor and going to them more as a help and as a consultant, I, I will share with you, Ben, that I have made it my intent to become a, more knowledgeable in the community of Dana Point and Monarch Beach than any other real estate agent in, in, this, in these communities. And I think I can tell you today, I believe I am. I believe I've sold more homes in here. I, I obtain more listings. I do more business. I, 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 I do a lot. I may not make the most of all agents in Orange County, but you know, not a bad income. And honestly, that 280 million plus worth of volume I did in 2021, Ben, I probably did 95% of that within five miles of where I'm sitting yeah. right now. Yeah. Five miles. Yeah. And so, I mean, I am very focused. I'm very good. I drive less and less every year. So I have more and more time. And, but that's a fact. I, my goal is to become the expert here, period. And that's and that's such a true statement. Um, Calista and I live up in Newport Beach, which is guys on the coast road, twenty five minutes without traffic, maybe thirty five with a little bit of traffic on coast road. And Bob gives a shit about living so far away; <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't go up there. So, um, but but Bob, I, the the thing that if I'm an agent and I'm listening and I'm listening to this, there's an element of there's luck seems to be part of everybody's journey, but I think that I think that your do, well, this is easy. Do you believe in luck? I, I think that sometimes we happen to be at the right place at the right time. You know, luck, yeah. I, I do believe in Hey, it, some of it's got to be lucky, right? Mm -hmm. Some of it's got to be lucky, especially in the days of multiple offers and this and that. And, and you know, I, I, I share something with you, Ben. It is luck. But, you know, when the market shifts, like it is shifting right now, and I've been here now for 34 years, and I would share with all you listeners, even if you're starting in the business today, always remember what goes around comes around and never burn the bridges over which someday you might want to pass. And I will say that over the last few years, I have had a lot of offers accepted when there were multiple offers because how I've treated my fellow agents. Even if I lose a deal, I will call you up and say, hey, Ben, I know I didn't get the deal. I just want to say congratulations. That's a great listing. If anything ever goes amiss, give me a buzz. My buyer is there. I will never. And, and I, I, I've had agents tell me, man, Bob, I just had 12 agents call me up and berate me for not getting, you know. But you know something? It's not going like, to. You can be angry. You can be disappointed. You can be annoyed. I get all that. And it's happened to me a lot. But, you know, that's not going to change the outcome. So you might as well just think of the future. Let them have it's, it's an it's an ability for you to begin to get the respect of the age, other agent. If I call up Ben and Calista and say, man, I, I know I didn't get it. I just want to say congratulations. That, that's great. It sounds like a great deal. Anything goes amiss. Give me a buzz. But, you know, the next time around and they get multiple agents, and they see my name again. They'll remember me. Yep. If I've got to help them do something, I will. I've got to open a house for them or show it for them. I will. I'll do all those things. I, 
you know, because this is a long-term business. And whether you've been in the business a year, two years, five years, 50 years, it is a people business. Regardless of what anybody says, it's a people business. And to get on the phone to talk to somebody or to call an agent and congratulate them, even if you didn't get the deal, you know, it, it comes back a hundred times, a hundred. And yeah. that's, uh, we opened escrow on a house on Friday, four offers, $800,000 house. Agent was from 60 miles away in Pasadena. And she calls me up on a set. And my offer is contingent on the set closing of another house in Park Lakes, Park City, Utah. It's contingent. She calls me up, says, Bob, I've got four offers on the house. She goes, I know your offer's contingent. Tell me about your buyer. Told her all about it. And she says, you know, we're going to take your offer. She goes, you're the nicest realtor of everybody I spoke with. You're not demanding anything. You're asking me to consider it. I'm going to talk to my sellers. And by God, we opened escrow on Monday and we're closing in the next 21 days. And that's how I got it. I, I can't believe it. But she said, do I, you know, I'll come down for the inspection. I said, don't drive 160 miles round trip to watch my inspector. That's crazy. I'll go there. I'll be there. I agree. I said, we have to deter my inspection. I'll go there. I'll be there. I'll take care of it. You know, it's a give and take, but you know, I make 25,000 bucks Four other people get nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So just be, be nice to people. And you, you can, you know, that's something that you can start with tomorrow. You know, there's certain things that we can do in an industry, this industry that costs nothing. Attitude, empathy, showing up on time, dressing, uh, at, you know, attitude, just all these things cost nothing. Yeah. And that's all we do. I mean, you know, people see me and they're, ex I, you know, I make them excited. I, 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 they're happy they see me. And I'm, I, I, when I go to my first appointment, I'm not there to list it. I'm just there to become there. I want to become an acquaintance. I want to become, I just want to be somebody that they can trust and they can ask questions to. And I don't even take a listing agreement with me on my first appointment. I'm just there to learn about them, what they want, what do they want to do? How do they want to do it? And how can, can my style help them? Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it makes people incredibly comfortable with the way with, with you. So they're much more honest with you. They, they respect you. They, there's so such a, there's such a nature of that. If you can be a third party in the situation that I've had the pleasure of, of somebody, you know, sort of, you know, really coming towards you or, or, or really, really resonating with you and who you are and the style that you are not being pushy and just l genuinely listening to them. But Bob, as we round out the podcast, um, keep in mind that this is recorded, okay, and could be shared with Jenny at any point in time. <laughs> oh, this is we good. might as well just call today. <laughs> this is leverage, 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 people. I'm going to take an opportunity when I can. What does the future look like for Bob? I'm asking for a friend, by the way, that doesn't have any any interest in your financial gain whatsoever. <laughs> but but I guess that I guess that what what is you're 70 years of age. There's a great deal of people that are working to a an age or a point where they can they, they can they can do nothing. Now, don't get me wrong. They get there, Bob. They get to that nothing point, and we've seen this so many times when we sell people's homes. Is that they get to the point of yes, I've retired and I can get to do nothing now. And then uh, six months later, they're calling, going, "Oh, we want to buy another bigger house, and I need more purpose, and all these different things." So I don't truly believe that you will ever truly retire from real estate. However. What does the future look like for you? 
Was that a question my wife wanted you to ask? Yeah, yeah. Jenny's paying me on the side. It's good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think my, my wife believes I'm ever going to retire either. <laughs> what do I think? What do I want to envision? Um, I, I don't think that I'm going to give it up either. I am uh, hoping that uh, Jenny and I can travel more. Uh, we figure in our 70s. It's, I mean, just from a physical standpoint, if you think about it intellectually, we can move easier, we can travel easier, we can carry suitcases easier. I mean, it's easier to travel. So to that point, uh, we're, we plan trips this year. We're going to go to uh, to South Korea. Uh, my wife is South Korean, so we're going to go take the kids to South Korea. In a couple of weeks, we've got a trip planned to uh, Ireland mm. uh, this summer, and we've got a trip planned uh, to go to Portugal. Uh, this year, this fall. So if we can take three or four trips a year and take modest hops, uh, my mother lives in Denver and uh, we don't want to see her every 90 days. We have grandchildren that live in Minnesota. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, you know, relatives around, you know, we just, we want to be able to travel more, Ben. But, and I think with, uh, with Anna, I am hoping that we can now leave. I don't have to worry about it. And just travel, and, and 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 I mean, like, if there's a deal, and I'm in South Korea, and I already know that at three in the morning in South Korea it's eight o'clock here in the morning, you know, and so I know when I have to get up to make phone calls and do deals, and and and, and Jenny knows that too, but I think at the end of the day I'm I'm taking golf lessons now. Uh, you don't need to laugh. I look forward to whooping your ass on a golf course, by the way. Yeah. That's probably the only thing I can beat be you careful, at. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'm taking golf lessons now. Uh, I'm spending more time. Uh, we have a we have a home, in, uh, a condo in San Diego. Uh, so we're spending more times there, you know, a couple of days on the weekends. We kind of sneak out of here. Uh, I, I'll leave here tonight, Thursday night and try not to come back till Easter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I'll still be on the phone. Nope. Look, when people call you, they never ask, where are you? Yeah. Never. It's just, Hey Ben, this is Bob. This is what I need. Da, da, da. This is what I want. Da, 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 da. They never say, Hey Ben, this is Bob Wolf. Where are you today? Never happens. So, and I've been on cruises where I've sold homes at three in the morning. And I, I go to the, the concierge lounge and I stand next to the smokestack because I know that's a piece of metal that can serve as an antenna. It goes up <laughs> and that's where I got the best reception at three in the morning. So but, so I want to I want to play golf at least once or twice a week. I want to, uh, uh, you know, this year, uh, we spent the first nine days of this year in Hawaii, played golf with my brothers. I've been to Las Vegas. Uh, last month for a weekend, this month for a weekend. Uh, I've been to Denver for a long weekend. Uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, and, but nobody knows that except Jenny and I. The, the frustrating part, honestly, is me letting loose of the telephone. So I'm training myself not to put it on the table at dinner, to put it on the silent mode and not deal with it. I'm training myself to only call the office maybe once every couple three hours versus every minute. Yeah. And 
It's just a matter of letting go. Jenny, we were in Las Vegas. Jenny goes to the ladies' room. I'm on the phone calling the office. <laughs> the office. Hurry. You know, you, you only got two minutes. <laughs> uh, don't I know it? Don't I know it as well? I just that. So, anyway, I, I'm just being honest with the listeners. And, you know, it's, it's a tough, tough deal. My wife knows I love her. My wife knows I, I want to, to do this. And I'm working at it, Ben. And, and that is truly, I mean, I got listings down, sales down driving safely. I got all that stuff down. I just got to work on the other part now. So. Well, mate, I think that it's one of the things when, as you, as, as I get a little bit older as well, um, not as old as you, of course, but, um, but, but as I get a little bit older is that one of the things that you can see when you, when you observe other people's lives is that everyone's working to try and stop working. And when they stop working, they really have trouble, trouble finding their purpose again. So I honestly think that you'd probably be the happiest person out of all of us for the rest of your days, considering that, you know, your true purpose in all of this. And I think that you've found it, but I just want to say, thank you for joining us on rethink real estate. It's been a pleasure having you on and it's been a play. It's just a pleasure to get to throw shit at you every day it's just so good <laughs> watch out you better get a good catcher's mitt <laughs> thank you man thank you very thank you, much so about 75% of our audience hasn't liked followed or subscribed to our podcast it would mean the world to us and it would help this podcast more than you know to expand our reach if you were to like follow or subscribe on any of the platforms that you're watching or listening on thanks again